It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Delving past the headlines. Sorting through the media bias. Exposing the propaganda and challenging you to use your brain. It's time to tap into the truth. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is indeed time to tap into the truth. Welcome to the night's broadcast. Hope you're having a great day wherever you are, whatever you may be doing. And I know after going back and listening to a show or two that that sounds a little insincere, but I do mean it. If you're taking the time to listen to this, well, my basically just rants and raves, then I appreciate you taking that time because that's time you're not going to get back. (laughs) So thanks for spending it with us. Thanks for listening to my point of view and especially thanks to the folks who've been popping into the chat room as of late and listening. I want to go ahead and uh, go over some personal items before getting into today's broadcast. Picked up a qualifying petition without having made a final determination as to whether or not I was actually going to run. Uh, did so with the idea of possibly running for county commission right here in historic Roan County, Tennessee. Uh, I had ran four years ago for the same seat, unsuccessfully. However, uh, had a pretty good showing for a first-time candidate. And at that point in time, I had vowed that I would unequivocally run again. However, this particular time, there are three seats available in the district that I'd be running in. All three seats are up at the same time. And this election cycle, only two of the incumbents intend on running for re-election. A third is finally stepping down and 
retiring from it, and well-deserved, I might say. He's served the county for quite a while in that capacity, several years. And that seemed to have brought out a large number of other people wishing to challenge for that vacancy. I had not even taken the time to check and see, as this information is available at the County Election Committee's website, had not bothered to check and see who had picked up qualifying petitions until after I had picked mine. For the three seats, there are currently seven people who have petitions out. when last I checked, I wasn't seeing that anyone had filed theirs yet, but undoubtedly uh, there will be at least four of these seven that will file their petitions. I would be surprised if at least six out of the seven don't. Well, given the fact that one of the other people that picked up is currently serving on the school board in the same district and is setting their sight on county commission and leaving school board. They've managed to be re-elected a few times. They will draw a lot of votes in this district and it would be hard to beat that individual that another one of the candidates that have picked up petitions have challenged for the Republican nomination for state representative for this district and lost in a narrow election that occurred four years ago as well. An individual that I happen to like a great deal personally. We've had some level of a little bit of personal interaction, but we have developed an online relationship uh, via social media. I like him a lot. I was happy to see his name on the list. I, he is a limited government, conservative-minded individual and would well represent the people of the district. So I had to put some serious thought as to whether or not I was going to make the effort, if I was going to make the attempt. I I don't feel particularly bad about any of the candidates uh, that are on the list. I think they would all be fine choices. So it wouldn't actually be a case of me running against any one of them as much as it would be simply me running for the people of the district. Attempting to be that voice of reason, of common sense, of conservative values. So I thought long and hard. I prayed over it and thought some more. And ultimately, what it still kind of comes down to is not only do I believe that I would be a good choice as a county commissioner that I would be willing to hear and listen and be available to the citizens of the first district of this county but like in the previous election cycle 
whether I win or not, I will still be able to affect policy going into the election and at least for an extended period of time after the election because the voters will expect whoever wins to follow through with what's promised them, which is reasonable government. And there are things on the table right now that the county commission needs to deal with. So I guess basically what I'm saying is that I am officially announcing I will begin the process of filling my petition not necessarily this coming weekend as it's going to be very chilly out there and it's kind of difficult to get signatures hard to go door to door wouldn't actually be particularly thoughtful to ask people to open up their doors on a very very cold day but I will begin the process here very soon possibly as early as next week when we're supposed to warm up a bit more but I, at this point, I do fully intend to go ahead and run for the office. And that is going to be the extent of my discussions on the issue, other than perhaps talking briefly about the ups and downs and whatever happens as a result of the campaign and then whatever the outcome is. But I fully intend on continuing to keep this broadcast focused at the national level. I'm not going to air out what the local stuff is going. I'm not going to come on here and vent about any frustrations I might have uh, should I be get elected and happen to be butting heads with another commissioner or whatever. All that stuff I fully intend to keep separate from this. And I fully intend to continue to do this. This is a great outlet for me for one thing. And I have gotten feedback from some folks that are appreciative of the broadcast. Some are part of the choir, so to speak, and when you're preaching to the choir. But some actually are on the other side politically, but have listened enough to some of the points that I've made on an issue or two that they've kind of come around just a little bit to the points that were being made and kind of changed their view. In fact, there is even one individual who had spent a great deal of her time believing that she was a liberal. But she happened to catch a particular broadcast and we began engaging over social media. Initially, she was challenging some of the things I'd said and then I simply sent her supporting information she followed through and like I always ask she used her brain and she saw the truth behind the opinion that I put forth and she has almost completely converted from believing that she's one of these so-called progressives to realizing that she, like a lot of other Americans are, whether they realize it or not, is a lot more conservative-minded than she thought. So 
So with all that going on, and the point being that, you know, as long as you know that you're having some effect, it's a reason to keep going. You know, there are days where, whether you're being successful in conversations or not, whether you're winning the arguments or not, there are days you turn on the news and you see some of the things that are going on like we've seen in the last couple of weeks. I mean, it really seems like every story coming out of New York uh, that are political stories is extremely disheartening if you're a conservative, especially one that has been to New York. There's a lot of great people in New York not just in New York City, but throughout the whole state. But there are a lot of great people there. It's, a lot of them are uh, left-leaning politically. You know, there's there's no mistaking that. But most of them are not extreme leftists. And most of them certainly are not socialists. And most of them definitely are not amongst the group that are calling themselves progressive, but simply are targeting the Constitution so that they can institute a system of government that they think is better. It's very disheartening to see these stories over and over again. And you do get down, and sometimes you're like, what difference does it make? I'm not changing anything. I'm not getting anywhere with this. But ultimately, if it is change that you're trying to bring about. It's conversations like with this particular individual that I was talking about a moment ago. One person. But how many people will she affect in her circle? I mean, that is kind of the whole ideology of social media. Especially, oh, I'm going to follow you on Twitter, and then six people that follow you are now, they're going to follow me because I'm showing up in their Twitter feed, and so on and so forth. And before you know it, you're influencing people that you don't even realize that you're influencing. You don't know the full extent, the full impact that you're having. And you can't unless they contact you. And say, hey, how are you doing? What's this? Thank you for saying this. We don't get a lot of feedback like that. When you're still doing it all on your own. When you're still down at the bottom and just trying to reach out. Just hoping that you can build up enough of an audience. Enough folks that will come and listen to you on a regular basis. That they'll say, you know what, that guy... That guy doesn't have it right on everything, but he makes some good points. He stands up for conservative values. That guy is worth listening to. And if you develop a small, hardcore base, even if it's as small as the audience I currently have, and let me tell you, it's certainly not numbers worth bragging about. You know, it's it's not. By now, I was hoping to have built my audience at Blog Talk a lot bigger. Because there was 
what to me felt like very impressive numbers early on because uh, I'd started over here at Spreaker. Now, this is where Tapping to the Truth was born here on Spreaker. And it always seemed like if I was breaking 30, 40 listens then it was a particularly well-received broadcast. So then when I debuted over there and I didn't have any broadcast that received fewer than 500 listens um, in the early going, that to me it was phenomenal. I immediately began to think, well there must be a much larger audience. There must be a much bigger deal. But for whatever reason, you know, the numbers go up, the numbers go down. I haven't changed much. I've tinkered with a few things, but I have a core group. Much like it appears that I have a pretty consistent core group over here. I can always count on X number of listens, regardless of what the final is. I always know I'm going to get certain number. And I know that is representative of a core group, a solid base. People that have decided, you know what, I want to hear what this guy has to say. And so for that, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. It means more to you than I can say and it's also part of the reason why I've decided I am going to pursue the office of county commission again I had people come to me and ask me to run the first time some of those same people have not come to me this time but I know that has a lot to do with the fact that I had already promised that I would and I think I need to keep that promise. And more importantly, I still think it's the right thing to do. It's not enough to just sit back and talk about what's wrong. You have to be involved. You have to be engaged. You have to be active. You have to, at the very least, attempt to be part of the solution or you don't have the right to complain. Now, it's not like I'm running for Congress. It's not like I'm running for the governorship. But it's still important as far as government goes. And it's important to be able to imprint conservative values, especially and the fiscal issues. So, this isn't going to be a campaign about I'm running against this person, I'm running against that person. This is going to be a campaign of running for the people of the district to be their voice in our local government. And so that's that. That is the announcement. That is the official 
Tim Tap throwing his hat into the ring. So if you happen to be a local listener, and I know there's a few of you, and you happen to be a District 1 person, send me a message. Let me know what you think on the matter. And if you would like to sign my petition, or even better, if you'd like to have a yard sign when the time approaches, let me know. And with all that having been said, I say let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll start getting into the stories of the day. It's been a very busy last couple of days after all. Stay with me. We'll be right back.
It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. All right, we are back. Thanks for staying with us. And just a quick reminder, all the music you hear here during the breaks is provided via Magnatune, service provider for independent artists and completely podcast safe. I think I've mentioned before, it really appeals to me that these are independent artists, folks that are in it for the love of the music that are out there doing this on their own without the help of a major label just kind of appeals to me. If it appeals to you too, you might want to check out Magnitude. I don't get any kickback from that. Just throwing it out there, letting you guys know that if you're looking for music that's podcast safe and want to help independent artists, Magnitude's not a bad thing to check out. So, I will, however, as I could possibly gain some uh, feedback and kickback from this ask you to check out tapintothetruth.com and if you're thinking about building your own website while you're there click on one of the banners for iPage uh, that's who I host the Tap Into The Truth website with they have some great packages and they are extremely reasonable for just about everything you want to do so 
if you're thinking about starting a website, please go to tapintothetruth.com. Click on the iPage banner there. And if you sign up that way, then I get a little bit of cash to help continue the show, to improve the show, help pay for the cost of the website itself. So that'd be win-win. You have a chance to do something you were going to do anyway and help support the show in the process. So think about it. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into some of the news of the day, shall we? Uh, Something that is a bit of a local story here in the wonderful land of East Tennessee because it involves one of our senators. Well, one of his aides. Former Lamar Alexander aide Ryan uh, Loskern has apparently committed suicide. Now, uh, Ryan, the former chief of staff for uh, Lamar Alexander, was charged with possession and distributing child pornography just last month. Now, it seems he was found dead in his home in Maryland of an apparent suicide. Uh, This, according to law enforcement officials... Uh, at approximately 12 p.m. yesterday, Carroll County Sheriff uh, Kenamar Lane uh, I'm sorry. I'm finding a little bit of heartburn. Do you guys ever get that so bad while you're on the air? Because I know a lot of you folks listening are podcasters too. So, uh, please forgive me. Let me restart, shall we? I hate having to do this. At any rate... Ryan, who was former chief of staff, Senator, United States Senator for the state of Tennessee, Lamar Alexander, was charged with possession and distributing child pornography last month. He was found dead in his home in Maryland of an apparent suicide. At approximately 12 p.m. yesterday, Carroll County Sheriff's deputies responded to a private residence in the 6900 block of Kinnamar Lane for a report of an unconscious male believed to be deceased. This in the official Sheriff's Office report Friday morning. Family members responded uh, also reported finding 35-year-old Jesse Ryan Lescarn unresponsive in his basement where he'd been residing with family since this past December. Of course, the preliminary investigation indicates that uh, he may have taken his own life and that his body has since been transported to the state medical examiner's office for an autopsy. The Maryland state medical examiner said late Friday that the individual's death by hanging, initially reported by the Politico, has been ruled a suicide. His parents, Chuck and Gay, issued the following statement, quote, We loved our son very much and were devastated by his death. Please respect our privacy at this difficult time and let us grieve in peace. Pray for him 
his family, and his friends. Now, he was 35, and he was arrested this past month by federal agents on charges that he possessed and intended to distribute child pornography. Not real sure how you're supposed to prove intent to distribute computer files. But at any rate, uh, the arrest came as agents executed a raid on his Washington residence. And of course, Lamar Alexander fired him that same day, as you would expect. Uh, For everyone involved, this has been a sad and tragic story from beginning to end. In a statement released by Lamar Alexander, federal prosecutors had delayed an indictment hinting at a possible plea agreement. Court records show that uh, this gentleman's lawyers and prosecutors agreed on December 18th to extend the time for filing an indictment in the case up until February 10th. He had been released to the custody of his parents in Maryland where he was ordered not to use the internet and had to wear an ankle bracelet. In an unusual ruling issued in the case late last year, U.S. Magistrate John F. Facola defended his decision to release him to his parents, citing measures taken to ensure that he would not have access to the Internet. Quote, I have prohibited the defendant's use of the Internet. I concluded, therefore that the risk of his resuming the downloading of child pornography is not great. Uh, The memorandum did not, however, mention the risk of suicide. Now, this particular gentleman had made a rapid rise through the staff ranks of Congress and Roll Call, a Capitol Hill newspaper, called him one of the Senate GOP's top strategists and aides. The newspaper also had included him on its list of fabulous 50 movers and shakers. He had started in the year 2000 in the office of Representative Wally Herger, a Republican from California, before joining the House Rules Committee in 2001. In 2003, he became communication director for Representative Marsha Blackburn, a Republican from Brentwood, Tennessee, a position that uh, he held up until 2007. His next move was to become communication director for the Senate Republican Conference, then headed by Lamar Alexander. The conference was charged with promoting GOP policy ideas and legislation. Alexander stepped down as chairman of the conference in late 2011 and he named Lesgrim as his new chief of staff in his personal office. He earned about $169,000 a year in that job according to congressional records maintained by the uh, Legistorm website. I had no idea congressional aides were pulling down six figures. That's amazing. Makes me think maybe I'm in the wrong line of work. $169,000 just to be the chief of staff. 
At any rate, he was born near Baltimore, and he was an honors graduate of Tulane University, earning his bachelor's degree in history and political science in the year 2000. I can't help but think that somehow this guy could have done better, should have done better. I have absolutely no sympathy, however, for someone that gets involved with kitty porn. The problem is, all we have are accusations. This particular raid, the way it was transpired, it's difficult to say with any certainty, especially given what we've seen, what exactly had transpired. It's easy enough to just assume the worst. But given the nature of politics today, who knows? All I can say is... I will say a prayer for his family and for his friends. They're the ones who are left behind, who will have to live with the disgrace, the dishonor, the pain of not only having lost a family member, but knowing that the general public is going to believe him guilty regardless of whether he was or not. He will never have his day in court. He will never have his opportunity to prove his innocence should this have been some political hit job where he was set up. As I've heard some people say. In fact, that's my segue into the next segment. It seems there's a lot of political targeting going on right now. In fact, that's kind of leads also to today's main topic that'll come at the end, but that's kind of the grand circle of things on today's broadcast. The overall general theme is political targeting is back in fashion. One of the big stories that was going on today was the fact that Dinesh D'Souza has been charged and indicted on campaign finance uh, laws. Now, he has officially bonded out now, released on a $500,000 bond, in case you haven't heard that part of the story yet. But, uh, now, if you don't know Dinesh D'Souza, this is the guy, he's a writer, he is an independent filmmaker, he had done a documentary on Barack Obama that was released before the elections, one that almost nobody saw until after the elections, and they really wish they had. There was a major movement, a major push for it. I actually did see it, again, not before the elections, but I knew not to trust Obama the minute I found out he had ties with Bill Ayers. I mean, the way the guy was just 
rocketed into superstar stardom status in the Democratic Party from giving a speech at the Democratic Convention to nominate John Kerry to suddenly becoming the officially recognized office holder of the office of president. Well, it certainly was carefully orchestrated. But uh, at any rate, Dinesh has been a strong conservative voice, was involved with the Reagan campaigns, was involved with several conservative motions and movements through this country. And by motion, I mean ideas within various different campaigns. He's a strong voice for conservatism in America, but he's also a strong voice for the truth. He sought to tell the truth about Barack Hussein Obama in his documentary. He didn't come at it at an angle of, oh, you're not an American citizen, or, oh, you're a communist SOB. He did demonstrate the anti-colonialism that very firmly exists and is easily seen in anything Barack does every time he opens his mouth without the aid of a well-prepared statement on a teleprompter in regards to talking about this great country that we live in that he doesn't seem to share the same views. Dinesh D'Souza has been released on a $500,000 bond The filmmaker was arrested yesterday. D'Souza was indicted by a Manhattan federal grand jury on charges that he made arrangements to give excessive contributions to a candidate for U.S. Senate. Now, according to uh, Reuters, the indictment alleges that D'Souza reimbursed $20,000 to straw donors that he asked to donate to a U.S. Senate campaign. Now, if you haven't heard the term straw donors before, and I'm trying not to make the assumption that everyone that uh, comes across this, either listening live or comes across the podcast later, try not to make an assumption that you know what terms mean. Because sometimes you don't just means nobody's explaining. Maybe you've heard it and don't know for sure what it means. If you're a straw donor, it means that you're actually doing the donation on behalf of someone else. You yourself, you're not actually doing the donation, but it's being done in your name. That way, you can avoid violating the limit on maximum donations allowable by individuals. And that's kind of the heart of the story. Now, D'Souza was charged in the indictment with one count of making illegal contributions in the name of others and one count of causing false statements to be made. Sounds kind of convoluted, doesn't it? Is that really a criminal offense? You caused a false statement to be made? You didn't make a false statement. 
someone else made the false statement, but somehow you caused it to be made, and that is criminal. Now, I suppose if they didn't vague it up quite so much, maybe it would make sense and sound a little more criminal. But then if they were more specific, it would be difficult to charge people that don't fit nice and neat. At any rate, federal law, as of 2012, limited primary and general election campaign contributions to just $2,500 each for a total of $5,000 from any individual to any one candidate. That means you can donate up to $2,500 in the primary. And then again, if your candidate wins the primary, you can donate another $2,500 for the general election. So you can, at a maximum, donate $5,000 as one individual giving to one candidate. It certainly would seem as if these numbers, if they are true, would definitely be a violation of the law. But the question is, is this legitimate? D'Souza, a conservative intent on holding the Obama administration accountable says that he is now being targeted by an Obama appointee. And just FYI, James O'Keefe of Project Veritas, he's announced this week that he's being targeted too. Now, if convicted, D'Souza could be looking at a maximum of two years in federal prison for the illegal contributions and a maximum of five years for allegedly making false statements. Now D'Souza says this is a setup. He says he's being targeted. From what I've seen, I don't know D'Souza personally, but I have interacted with him on a limited basis in social media. That's one of the great things about social media. You can actually get some interaction with a few celebrities here and there. A few folks that are famous, or at least more famous than you are. And that would definitely be the case. D'Souza fits that bill when it comes to uh, Dinesh? Mm. Tim Tap. Mm. Yeah, Dinesh is a little more famous. You wouldn't expect him to say, yes, I broke the law. But unfortunately, a climate exists in the country right now where you can't help but think maybe there's something to it. Is it coincidence that... The fine folks at Project Veritas are being targeted in the same week? Is it a coincidence that 
the governor of New York comes out and says there's no place in his state for pro-life, pro-Second Amendment conservatives. Or now, Mayor de Blasio comes out and seconds that. In fact, we'll talk a little more in-depth about that later. But this is also going on at a time when all the news media wants to talk about is Justin Bieber. Hello, Bieber. Hello, I'm going to go do a really stupid thing. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I'm going to get drunk in the club, smoke marijuana, take prescription pills, and try and reenact a scene from Fast and Furious. And then act like the cops are doing something wrong for having tried to stop me. Why are we talking about this? He's he's a decent performer. But he's had his innocence corrupted. He's got more money than he knows what to do with and it's twisted him and he's now become just another spoiled brat and in his case at the very least he happens to be Canadian so guess what we can charge him we can indict him we can convict him and then we can ship his backside back to Canada and we don't have to let him back in the States that won't take him off the radio that won't stop the continuous circus of events that has been around this young man for the past four years. But at the very least, we won't have to worry about him next time trying to pull a stunt like this. I don't know, maybe accidentally smashing into someone trying to go into work early one morning. Because yeah, while they thought they had these roads blocked off, it still would have been real easy for somebody to get around one of these people. What would he do this morning if instead of 
just bailing out of jail if he had to answer for charges of criminal negligence, of involuntary vehicular manslaughter. Some innocent guy who was just a workaday Joe trying to get to his job that started at 5.30 in the morning. How would Mr. Bieber filled in. How would his many millions of streaming fans feel about him then? Oh, I assure you, the sheeple would not change. They would have free Justin signs out and be cheering him on when he went to court. It would be a bigger spectacle than Michael Jackson's last trial where people held out signs and screamed for him and you would have almost thought it was a pro-rally. Now, that's as far as I'm willing to draw the comparisons there. But I think you get what I'm trying to say. Ultimately, this Bieber thing is a non-story except for the fact that people just want to talk about it. And a great defining moment for MSNBC as a result of this, too. MSNBC's host, Andrea Mitchell, interrupted former Representative Jane Harmon, a Democrat from California, who was addressing the dangers of the NSA collecting America's phone records for breaking news about Justin Bieber putting concerns that the NSA is violating the privacy rights of American citizens on hold Mitchell cuts off Harmon in mid-sentence Congresswoman uh, Harmon uh, let me interrupt you for just a moment we just got some breaking news out of Miami stand by if you will Right now in Miami, Justin Bieber has been arrested on a number of charges. The judge is reading the charges, including resisting arrest and driving under the influence. He's appearing now before a judge for his bond hearing. Let's watch. Harmon was appearing on the show as president of the Woodrow Wilson Center to discuss the NSA scandal. Of course, that's one of those phony scandals that Obama doesn't want us talking about. So I guess it's not entirely surprising that MSNBC would love any excuse not to talk about it. They are the last remaining 100% Protect Obama at All Costs network. And they certainly aren't anything closely resembling a news agency. But is that really where we're at in this country? That we would rather talk about Justin Bieber than something important? The fact that nobody got hurt. That the cops were able to stop this before it got out of control. Although I suppose you could make the point it was already out of control. That's what keeps this from being a big story. That's what makes it unimportant. 
Yes, he's a celebrity. Yes, he's young and wild and free. Yes, he's out of control. Yes, he's got more money than what he knows what to do with. But, this just comes down to a spoiled little brat behaving badly. That's not headline news. But, the more attention we want to give to that, the worse we're going to make it. So, if you actually are a fan of Justin Bieber, and you care about the outcomes of what's going to happen to this young man then you might want to tell everybody else to shut up about it because if he's not getting attention for it, maybe he'll stop. Maybe he won't possibly endanger someone else next time he feels like he needs some attention. Maybe if we really cared about what was going to happen to this young man, we'd let him know that we don't like it when he does this. That he's not invincible. After all, it hasn't really been that long since Paul Walker. Who knew how to drive a car very well. Especially a car much like the Lamborghini that was rented that Bieber was driving. On the Ferrari that was also rented that his hip-hop friend was driving. That they were racing each other in. It hasn't been that long since Paul Walker was essentially vaporized inside of a very nice automobile. Justin Bieber is nothing more than a spoiled brat. He's demonstrated that quite clearly. And unless he had killed someone else in that event, it's barely worth talking about, and it's certainly not worth interrupting someone that is on your news network to talk about serious news, and that being the NSA's infringement on our constitutional rights. Going to take another break, and when I come back, we'll touch on a couple of more headlines, and then we will get to today's main story, and we're going to try to get through this show a little bit quicker than usual. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Hate me, love me, hold me and hug me. Stop being shy. You know you are lovely. Watch me, see me, think that you need me. I give a lot, but you've been greedy. Don't stand up because the blood rush might be too much for you. She laughs a lot, but when 
into the truth check us out at tapintothetruth.com for our latest blog post and for links to all of our past broadcasts don't forget to like us on facebook and to follow us on twitter that's tap into the truth Yes, that's right. That is Tap Into The Truth. Check us out on tapintothetruth.com. And you also can find this podcast, along with the blog talk version of the show, at stitcher.com. You can find us at tunein.com. And you can find us at iTunes. Now, at iTunes and at Stitcher, both shows have separate feeds, so you'll have to search for them separately. Now, you can just search for Tap Into The Truth, spelled with T-A-P-P, much like it is right here. One of those clever little plays on my last name. Woohoo! And uh, at iTunes, 
it'll bring up both shows. You can click between the two. Now, over at Stitcher, if you're looking for the shows, you'll have to put one search. You can actually find us under their news and politics and then hit conservative uh, news. And then you can find us uh, a little ways down the page, uh, just in front of Fox News Sunday. <laughs> uh, and they are listed in order, top to top to bottom. So if you're ahead of a show, it means you're getting more plays uh, on their website. So I'm beating Fox News Sunday over there. At any rate, also, uh, if you search for us just in the search bar at Stitcher, you can search for Tap into the Truth. Without quotations around Tap, it will take you to the blog talk version of the show. If you search for it with quotations, it will bring you to the Spreaker version of the show. So, both shows available there. And if you just search for Tap into the Truth over at TuneIn, both shows come in to a single feed so you can find all the broadcasts in order and yeah, it's just really kind of cool. I wish all of it worked that way. It would make it a single unified show as far as that's concerned on the broadcast and that would be easier I think for everyone if you were looking for it. And actually the number of plays uh, at Spreaker has went up for the show considerably in the last few weeks so for the folks that have found the show uh, at Stitcher thanks for listening and for the folks that are listening over at TuneIn thank you too Uh, it's not been uh, as high in numbers as I would like it has not matched what's going on over at iTunes and it certainly hasn't matched what's going on at Stitcher but Still, some solid listens and a good number of plays. I'm happy with it. It means that I am reaching an audience, and it's been worthwhile uh, to make it available there. So for everybody who's listening, everybody who's uh, checking out the show, being part of it, uh, everyone who participates in the chat rooms, all the guests who come on to the show, I appreciate all you guys. Thank you. Please, while you're at it, if you have time, check out tapintothetruth.com. And near the bottom of the homepage, there's a place where you can send me a message. Feel free to send me a message. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what's on your mind. Whether you agree, disagree, wish I'd shut up, wish I'd be louder, wish I would be meaner, wish I would throw a bomb or two, whatever. Just let me know. I like the feedback. I always take constructive criticism and still going to be me so that's that but at any rate it's interaction and it lets me know that i am reaching people on that subject want to go ahead and thank again i have previously but would like to go ahead and thank again news guy from right here on spreaker he has his own show it's a pretty good show too Uh, he took the time to check out the website and he found a technical glitch that i was having and thanks to him not only taking the time to check it out but also took the time to send me a message to let me know that, hey, the links to your Facebook and your Twitter accounts aren't working. So I was able to get that fixed. So, if you like the easiest way to get to the Facebook page for Tap Into The Truth or to follow us at Twitter, 
the easiest thing to do, especially now that it's fixed, would be go to tapintothetruth.com. And at the top of the homepage, there's a couple of links that you can click and it will take you to both. With that being said, I would appreciate it if you would do both those. Like us on Facebook, get part of the feed where I usually have links to just about every story that I talk about here and several more. Uh, Links to stuff that you would still be able to find on your own if you wanted to. But maybe you're not going to take the time to sort through what's on at the Daily Caller or at the Western Center for Journalism or breaking news from community or you're not checking out the last great stand or maybe you're not checking out ladypatriots.com whatever it may be if you're not checking those out you still can find links to some of the best stories and some of the best op-ed pieces from those sites and more from theblaze.com from foxnews.com you can go to all those on your own you can find whatever you want to but you also can get updates about what's going on in the show future guests and times to expect to see certain guests show up and be a part of the show. And if you'd like to ask a question or send a message there, it's just as easy. And on Twitter, I do follow back. So if you want to follow on Twitter, uh, we can actually communicate via the social media network. If you had some questions, I can try to answer it. If you have a guest, or if you're a potential guest, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, we can set that up. At any rate, let's get back into this. I promised you we would try to get through this. A couple of headlines, stuff that is important, and I think we ought to hit before uh, we go into uh, this. Actually, from The Last Great Stand. And if you're not reading it, it is... A very interesting uh, blog page is what it is. But today, the big thing they had going, and it managed to make its way around a lot of the social uh, media, the conservative social media areas, pretty big because the headline is Iran, two to three weeks from nuclear bombs. bottom line is the article says that if Iran breaks the deal with the West then who the heck are we kidding? We had John Kerry negotiate this deal and before the ink was dry the Iranians were already touting a victory. They were all over their state run television and all over Twitter telling the world that the West had capitulated, that the world had given in to Iran's needs, Iran's agenda. They did that. John Kerry is such a statesman. But it is important to remember, and this is something I've heard other people point out before, so pay attention to it. Valerie Jarrett By all accounts, by everything that it seems to be going on, Valerie Jarrett is the one that is pulling all the little puppet strings for Obama. 
and she is of Iranian descent. So what does that mean, really? Does it mean anything? Is it a factor when it comes to this sudden about-face for the Iranian national agenda? The strong desire that Barack has apparently had for the last year and a half to try and create a more cordial relationship with the Iranians? I don't know about that, but what I do know is President Ronald Reagan would have never had a Russian as the head of the CIA and another. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Russian acting as his brain. Iran will be nuclear. You can count on that. Uh, this administration is doing absolutely nothing to try and change that. In fact, it's they're trying to buy more cover. They're trying to give them more time to become nuclear. If Iran breaks its deal with the West tomorrow, then the country would only be two to three weeks away from being able to produce enough highly enriched uranium to assemble a nuclear weapon. And that's according to the former deputy director of the International Atomic Energy Agency. That's not just me speculating. That's not me just spiffballing. That's not me coming out of left field trying to pull a, a Michael Savage or an Alex Jones on you. That is me telling you what the former deputy of the International Atomic Energy Agency said two to three weeks away right now you might say when did he say this you see last Sunday 
He was on Aaron Klein's WABC radio show, and he was asked about the time frame in response to a statement from Iran's top nuclear negotiator, who boasted last week that Tehran can nix its deal with the West and resume enriching uranium to 20% levels within one day, if it so desired. The response from the uh, former deputy director? If Iran wanted to, it could currently take the country two, three weeks to have enough uranium hexafluoride, high enriched, for one single weapon. He also told Klein, quote, if Iran, in reality, breaks its deal tomorrow, they still have quite a substantial stock of uranium hexafluoride, which is enriched to 20%. And then, technically, when Iran has committed to this month to certain parts of the processes, in such a way, these tandem cascades are not any more connected with each other. You can indeed put them back in one day's time. So, if this all happens in the next, let's say, weeks, this is really true. They can start to produce 20% enriched uranium. Now, in order to go fast for Iran, it actually needs to make several such tandem cascades, not just those uh, in uh, Nance and Fordro, which are a couple of nuclear plants. They have to put perhaps some 6,000 centrifuges to work in this kind of a mode. Now, continued from the former IAEA director, he said, quote, If they do that, which they can technically do, it will take certainly a little bit more than one night to do it. But then, once they have sorted it all out, it would take about two, three weeks to have enough uranium hexafluoride high enriched for one single weapon. He went on to explain that the time elapses and Iran converts more of its 20% enrichment uranium to 5% as is required by the U.S.-backed deal. And what a deal it is. The uh, two to three weeks time frame to produce a nuclear weapon will expand. He said that if Iran keeps its side of the deal, then in six months from now, it will take at least three months more to enrich enough uranium to assemble a nuclear weapon. But as of right now, as of this moment, if they chose to, Iran could have a nuclear weapon in about three weeks. It's hard to imagine that this deal is going to be kept 
it's actually hard to imagine the deal is anything more than political theater. Look over here. Look at what we're trying to do. This is just us against you. So, should we be worried? I think anybody that's concerned about Israel and concerned about the start of another world war, anyone who's concerned about the theocracy in Iran and its vehement belief that it must destroy Iran in order to bring out the last imam, I believe it's referred to as the 13th Imam. They're convinced they have to destroy Israel. They have to. They believe this. This is part of their hardcore, held fast religious view. The world is in danger, not just Israel. Not just the people in the region of the Middle East, but the world. I've had conversations over the last week with different historians that are now telling me that a series of events lining up worldwide looks very much like the series of events that took place that led to the start of World War II. They gave several examples of this royal doing this and this leader in this country doing that and a lot of very technical and convoluted things but it still boils down to the fact that if anybody knows their stuff, these guys do. I don't want to name any names because they've asked me not to. It has a lot to do with them trying to protect their reputations as they are college professors and in the wonderful world of liberal colleges it's very difficult to maintain your status and credibility on campus if it turns out that you're even having conversations with conservatives Unless, of course, that conversation is to tell them that they're failing your class. Then suddenly that's okay. Should we be worried? Should we be concerned? Yes, absolutely. But the biggest reason we should be concerned is because we don't have the adults in charge. I miss having grown-ups in charge. Do you? Where are the Ronald Reagans? Where are the Margaret Thatchers? Where are the people that actually want to keep the world safe? That want to protect freedom and individual liberty and the people that are trying to enjoy those things. Protect them from the bad people that want to take it away. Where are they at? We haven't elected any of them in a while. We've got Ted Cruz. We've got Mike Lee. We've got uh, Trey Gowdy, we've got uh, uh, Gomer from Texas in the house. Can't think of his first name, sorry. We've got a few folks out there fighting 
for freedom, but they're being diminished and they're being squashed and that's the plan. That's part of the overview and we'll get there in a bit soon, but there is another thing that we had to touch on. We talked a little bit, actually, we talked more than a little bit about Wendy Davis on the last broadcast here. And I wanted to touch on this before we get into this whole squashing of conservatives. See, the Wendy Davis campaign has taken yet another turn for the worse. We touched on how some folks were claiming that Wendy Davis's little uh, he hasn't walked a day in my shoes statement whether or not it was a crack about the gentleman being in a wheelchair. See, Texas Attorney General Greg Abbott has been a paraplegic for a while now. But uh, whether it was a intentional jab, whether it is part of a concerted part of the campaign, whether this is something that she and her ultra-death cult sycophants Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should, too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Or planning or not, there's been a group of supporters that are now officially trying to, to put the message out on behalf of Wendy Davis. Images 
of a wheelchair and Battleground Texas and Wendy Davis for governor with a quote he's in a wheelchair and we want to stand with Wendy see Wendy Davis can't run from Battleground Texas now the Fort Worth office of Battleground Texas and Wendy Davis's Fort Worth campaign office are common ground with each other. They share resources. Wendy Davis last week claimed she outraised Texas Attorney General Greg Abbott by including fundraising totals from Battleground Texas in her numbers. She and Battleground Texas are the same. And that is according to Wendy Davis's own campaign. Now, Project Veritas, who conveniently enough is also being targeted by the federal government now, oh, Project Veritas went undercover and found Wendy Davis supporters and Battleground Texas coordinators ridiculing and mocking Attorney General Abbott for being in a wheelchair, not for being a Republican, not for being wrong on policy, not for being a nasty old pro-life, but because the party of sensitivity, the party of inclusivity, the party of standing up for the little guy even when they can't, they were ridiculing him for being in a wheelchair. Just the other day, Wendy herself encouraged it by claiming Greg Abbott had never walked a day in her shoes. And we talked about that. I tried to give her the benefit of the doubt. I did. I read the statement. It seems very possible that in the course of making that statement she was just trying to use the metaphor and didn't mean an actual physical jab. And I still contend that might have been the case at the time she said it. It's getting harder and harder to believe that to be the case. But it still might be. Regardless, Abbott has been in a wheelchair for about 30 years. Hasn't impeded him from doing his job. Hasn't kept him from doing all the things that he's needed to do to be the Attorney General of the state. You see, now Wendy supporters, volunteers, and surrogates They're doing it too. They're mocking a man in a wheelchair because he cannot stand up. Literally. Now, if you want to crack on somebody because they figuratively cannot or will not stand up for a principle, for a cause, for what is right, that's one thing. But it is beyond the pale of hypocrisy 
for anyone claiming to be a Democrat who's supposed to champion for minorities and for the disabled to want to attack him on the basis of being in the wheelchair. But you see, this is part and parcel for the so-called progressive. It's attack, 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 vilify, 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 and take any cheap shot you can, when you can, and hope it doesn't come back to bite you. It's all about what can we get away with? Can we make this stick? Can we tell the jokes? Because it's perfectly okay to tell a joke. As long as you're a comedian. It's just satire when you're liberal. But if this shoe was on the other foot, if anything here was on the opposite side of the political spectrum, Abbott's campaign would be done. If she wasn't a liberal Democrat who is the new darling of the death cult, the media would have crucified her by now. This campaign would have been over. It would be a done deal. Battleground Texas... And that's the name of a super PAC, by the way. They'd be done. There'd be no more. They would have had to have found themselves another candidate and would have. They're clinging to her because they're afraid. They've already hitched their star to this woman. It's almost too late for the Democrats to get another candidate. And they're afraid. Democrats across the country are afraid. That's why you're seeing them come out swinging against the Tea Party like they have. They are afraid. And maybe they should be. There's this little state senate race in Arkansas that really has set the tone. And it's, as much as it's going to be played off and you're going to have a million people tell you it's not important, it's not a big deal, it doesn't have national standing, there's not a Democrat in this country that hasn't seen this race as being devastating. It's very obscure. Unless you're in Arkansas, you probably weren't paying much attention to this until after it was over. But it sends a message. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a state senate race in Arkansas may have just blown the doors open and revealed a political wave that could wipe out congressional Democrats this coming fall. John Cooper, the newly elected Republican senator for the 21st State Senate District, won the January 14th special election in a landslide. Won by 57% of the vote. See, the thing that's an issue here, the odd thing, is that the 21st district, it's heavily Democratic. 
It's one of the most democratically aligned districts in the state. A state that doesn't exactly have a shortage of Democrats, by any means. Arkansas is a purple state. It swings back and forth. But they've got a lot of Democrats, and this is almost the biggest Democratic district that they have. In 2010, it went 68% for Democratic Governor Mike Beebe. In fact, the Jonesboro-based Senate seat hasn't been held by a Republican in nearly 150 years. Cooper's victory begs the question, what happened? What does it mean? See, John Cooper is a retired AT&T employee. Wouldn't strike most seasoned political observers as the kind of guy that you would want to run for office in what was thought of as a Democrat district. His campaign focused on his opposition to high taxes. No more tax hikes. That was his biggest focus point. He was a signer of the ATR's Taxpayer Protection Pledge. And his opposition to Obamacare, specifically the bipartisan Republican leadership-backed Arkansas private option, Medicaid expansion. In short... Cooper ran as the conservative's conservative. Cooper's opponent was Sam Rockwell. Rockwell was a, a local small business owner and attempted to paint himself as a Democratic centrist. Much like Arkansas's U.S. Senator Mike Pryor and gubernatorial candidate, and former Congressman Mike Ross. The centrist with community roots, now that's kind of stick, it didn't work out too well for Rockwell, and that should strike fear into the hearts of both Pryor and Ross in their 2014 contest, but more importantly, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's sounding an alarm. 
the alarm bells are ringing for a retreating Arkansas Democratic Party and Democratic Senate candidates across the nation. Until 1969, the Arkansas State Senate was entirely controlled by Democrats. Their state body was very similar to that here in Tennessee. Here in Tennessee, we had over 150 years of Democratic control of the legislative bodies. Arkansas broke that grip a little bit earlier than we did over here. But until 1969, Arkansas State Senate was entirely controlled by Democrats. By 2012... For the first time since Reconstruction, Republicans took control of both of the Arkansas House of Representatives and the State Senate. Previously, the 2010 elections saw Republicans take control of all four of Arkansas's congressional seats. On the state level, the last bastion of the Southern Democrats appeared to have fallen. The state that elected Bill Clinton as governor, Mark Pryor as a U.S. Senator, Mike Ross as a congressman. It's a blue state no more. On a national level, the election of John Cooper serves as a warning. It's a warning for Mark Pryor who's facing the Republican Congressman Tom Cotton in the U.S. Senate race, Pryor needs to manage a decent performance in the 21st State Senate District. Prior to the election, the liberal blog Daily Koss noted, quote, on the politics sides of things, this election is huge. Craighead County is a key area of the state for both Mark Pryor and Mike Ross to win. They need to get a minimum of 49% of the votes in this county to win the state. If Rockwell can't put up a decent showing, Democrats are going to have some serious issues going into 2014. With the election cycle now over, it can be safely said that Rockville did not put up a decent showing, unless you would call a 15-point blowout decent. Even more telling is that Cooper did not run as a moderate, and specifically targeted the signature Democratic achievements in recent years, Obamacare. And that is the formula to winning in 2014, by the way. In the U.S. Senate races across the country, incumbent Democrats are on the record parroting the occupier's 2013 lie of the year. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. Period. Republican challengers would be smart. They would be wise indeed to take a lesson 
from John Cooper's victory and not shy away from hammering home their opponent's support of Obamacare. With national approval for Obamacare continuing to sink, the real clear politics averages at 39.9% in favor, 55.4% against, and that's right now. And it continues to drop. John Cooper's victory may have been the Democrats' canary in the coal mine moment. A wave is building, and it could carry the Republicans back into control of the U.S. Senate. But not if they're going to be timid. Not if they're going to be cowards. Not if they're going to be centrist. Not if they're going to pretend like we have to play nice. We don't want to attack. We want to be like John Boehner on Jay Leno's show. We want to sit there and tell America that the NSA is there to protect us. They're not violating our laws. They're not violating our privacy. They're not violating our Constitution. They're heroes. They're there to protect us. Israel spies on us. Uh, Yeah. And right now, they ought to be spying on us. Because what the Obama administration is willing to do if I was Israel I'd want to know about it but yeah they spy on us we spy on them uh, all around the world yada 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 all that's window dressing it's beside the point the NSA never had the authority to collect all this metadata the fact that it's being allowed is a fact that must be changed. It should not be allowed. It can't be allowed to continue. And for John Boehner to sit back and say, well, it was the GOP's fault that we had the government shutdown. Ha! What about the simple fact that there was a complete and total refusal to negotiate? What about the fact that even now there are Democrats that are running for re-election in states that are claiming that they were for a delay in Obamacare implementation on the individual mandate. There are Democrats that are calling the Obamacare rollout a disaster. The Democrats, some of which were on board, that voted for this, Said it was going to be great. Said if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. Just like the occupier did. Said these things. And now they're on record in their campaign material saying this this is a disaster. The rollout was messed up. The federal government, the president let us down. These are phrases that are in campaign slogans. I supported at least a year delay in the individual mandate. And I will stand to try and fix this. They're not willing to admit that it can't be fixed, that it was never meant to work. Shoot. Some of them may not even know it. I mean, there's no shortage of useful idiots. There's no shortage of well-meaning, liberal-minded people that 
honestly think government is the solution. Bless their heart. They really believe it. They think they're doing the right thing. They think that they can make it work. Just give them some time. They'll fix it. Some of these people campaigning this way, saying whatever they have to say to try and get back into office, because they like being called senator or congressman. They like it. It's nice. I wouldn't mind it. I'd like to be known as commissioner. Might like it enough to run for a higher office after that. If I ever win. And I don't know if that's the intention. I feel like God's leading me to run. But I don't know if it's his will that I should win. I'm hopeful that we'll affect change in a positive way. It seemed to four years ago. Hopefully it will again. But the point still comes to the fact that you can't take these people at their word. You can't. If they're up for re-election, these guys, there is nothing more important to most of them. I'll make an exception. There are some folks, folks that haven't finished their first term yet, some folks there that want to do the right thing. They want to do what's best for the people. It's just some of those folks are terribly misguided. They don't understand the dangers of the so-called progressives and their agenda. So they let themselves be used because they really do think they have the best interest of the people in mind. And those those people are the ones that need to be shaken the most. Because at the very least, the the hardcore so-called progressives, they're smart enough that they do know. They know what they're doing isn't going to help anyone except themselves. They know what they're doing is never going to improve the situation of the poor. They know it's never going to improve the situation of the disabled. They know it's never going to improve the situation of minorities. In fact, their business is to continue to keep people divided instead of pulling them together. They can't win unless we are divided. They can't win unless you're so busy looking at my skin color that you can't hear the truth in what I'm saying. They can't win unless you're too busy looking at whether or not I attend a Baptist church or a synagogue or a mosque that you can't hear my genuine concern for this nation as a whole. You're so busy looking at whether or not I drive an automobile or a junk clunker that you can't decide that I might be willing to help out someone I don't know out of the kindness of my heart 
There are some people that honestly believe that it is the role of government to handle forced charity. I myself and a lot of other people like me believe that that should be my choice. If I've got two extra dollars and I want to donate that to CARM, and for those of you who aren't local to the area, it's the Knoxville Area Rescue Mission. Uh, they have a series of secondhand stores where they sell these items, uh, much like Goodwill does. They sell the items to raise money for their charity. If I decide to give an extra $2 to CARM, I should be able to do that. I should have the choice as to whether or not I'm going to take 2, 5, 10, 20, 100, 1,000, $10,000 if I could afford it. That would be great. But I should have the option if I'm going to do that, how much I'm going to give and whom exactly I'm going to give it to. I should have that choice. That should be mine to make. Americans in general have proven themselves time after time after time to be among the most generous in the world. We give money to people we see that need it, even if we don't have that much to give. The American Red Cross, the Salvation Army, the United Way, Tons of money at a time of disaster. Lots of which coming from people that should be receiving benefits rather than giving up cash. But we recognize when we see somebody that's less fortunate than we are. And unless you've left this country, and I'm sorry, you have no idea what less fortunate is, there are very few people in this country excluding the homeless that face the level of poverty that the rest of the world is living in. Poverty in this country is set at a level where, my God in heaven, you would be considered a rich person in a lot of other parts of the world. We've got a defeatist attitude that's been growing in this country, and we've got people that think... Oh, woe is me. I only have three televisions in my house. And I only have cable now. I had to downgrade from the satellite. And I had to give up the sports package. Oh, how will I survive? But next, I'll have to turn off one of my three cell phones if I'm not careful. That ain't poor, people. That ain't poor. Alright, I'm going to take a quick break here and then when we get back, we're going to tear into the main topic today. Stay with me. I'll be right back.
tap into the truth. Check us out at tapintothetruth.com for our latest blog posts and for links to all of our past broadcasts. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. That's Tap Into The Truth. Yes, that's right. It is indeed tapping to the truth. Thanks for staying with us. Thanks for listening. If you are still here listening live or if you have stumbled across the podcast by accident and are still listening, thank you. Now, basically two stories that are tied together and kind of loop the whole arc of today's main topic together. I'm going to get to real quick. First of all, De Blasio made news again today. Doing what? Backing up Governor Como's ban on conservatives. <laughs> See, although New York's governor, Andrew, has backed away from his incendiary comments that he made earlier this month, in fact, just last week, the mayor of New York City is reinforcing the extremist view. In recent statements, Como suggested that conservatives have no place in the state of New York because that's not who New Yorkers are. Well, New York Mayor Sandinista Communist Bill de Blasio confirmed his support of that sentiment during his appearance at the U.S. Conference of Mayors this week. I stand by that a hundred percent, he said, contending that he understood Como's remarks to say that an extremist attitude that continues the reality of violence in our communities or an extremist attitude that denies the rights of women does not represent the views of New York State. Of course, the gun control policies he supports are contributing to community violence, and the demand for looser abortion laws. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is denying the right of millions of potential women to ever even enter the world. Of course, such facts may only complicate de Blasio's tenuous argument against conservative values. In typical leftist fashion, he resorted to vitriol and rhetoric meant to encourage a 
visceral hatred of those on the political right, speaking as though he represents the views of all New York residents, he lambasted conservatives by saying that, quote, the people of New York State and the people of New York City reject extremist views against a woman's right to choose and in favor of the proliferation of guns in our society. Now while it's true that he was elected after running a campaign based on the truly extremist values of his socialist past, millions of New Yorkers disagree with the prevailing leftist culture within the Empire State. After the governor's comments, numerous prominent conservatives and countless other patriotic Americans began to consider the feasibility of moving wanted to move to a more welcoming state to a place like Florida or Texas perhaps Tennessee now that de Blasio has gone on record to reaffirm those intolerant views for the party of inclusivity one can only imagine that even more houses will be up for sale in conservative neighborhoods across the state De Blasio has come out and said, Mayor Cuomo, uh, Governor Cuomo, I've got your back on this. It's okay. It's okay to be against conservatives. We don't really want conservatives anywhere in this state. We won't be happy until New York looks like Detroit. Now, he didn't really say that exactly because you see they don't understand that it is in fact those far leftist ideologies and policies being put in place being controlled so long by extremely ideological democrats that has Detroit in the shape it's in they won't admit it. They won't recognize it. They don't understand it. They refuse to believe that it's their fault. So, while that wasn't the intent of what he was saying, in all actuality, that is what he was saying. It's just he may not have realized it. He may not have known may not be willing to recognize that it is these same policies and this attitude of intolerance that has led to the issues. They constantly, constantly, the folks on the left want to convince every single person out there that it's conservatives who are intolerant. It's conservatives who are bigots. It's conservatives who are racist. It's conservatives who are misogynistic. But it's Wendy Davis supporters making fun of someone who's in a wheelchair. 
and it's Democrat elitists in New York that are saying there's no place for somebody that believes abortion is wrong to live in their state. There's no place for someone that believes that the Second Amendment is just as important as the rest of the Constitution and should be respected, honored, and enforced. Oh, well, there's no room for anybody like that in the state. Is, is there any room in New York for somebody with common sense to stand up and say you're wrong? Meanwhile, you have Attorney General Eric Holder reiterating his 2009 claim that Americans are a nation of cowards at least when it comes to racial issues. Thursday of this week, Holder in an effort to profile the entire country as cowards came during a friendly interview with the University of Virginia's Miller Center where he was asked if he would take back his 2009 remarks. He simply replied that I would not take that back. Now, par for the course, Holder didn't dare take any questions from the audience or from any other reporters in the room. You see, back in 2009, Holder claimed that though this nation has proudly thought of itself as an ethnic melting pot in things racial, we have always been, and we, I believe, continue to be, in too many ways, essentially a nation of cowards. Certain subjects are off-limits, and that to explore them risks the best embarrassment, and at worst, the questioning of one's character. Now, he said this to his agency employees at an event celebrating Black History Month. In the uh, Miller Center interview, Holder acknowledged that uh, there's less racism now than half a century ago. We're certainly do a, a lot better than we did. That's being a quote. But then he turns right around and he outlined his agenda of using his legal clout to equalize outcomes. There's your social justice at work. Looking to equalize outcomes for selected racial groups. That's not being the top law enforcement of the country. That's picking and choosing and deciding only white people are criminals. There are disproportionately negative impacts 
that we see on people of color and on women. Another quote. Now, during his tenure, Holder has greatly expanded the range of race-related lawsuits filed against companies, schools, and governments. Uh, Other than the federal government, of course. For example, his department recently threatened to sue schools where African Americans were disciplined differently than Asians or white students. His agency has extracted billions of dollars in payments from banks after unintentional racial differences were detected in their lending patterns, as has also rolled back drug penalties imposed on African Americans only. He didn't roll back the drug policies, uh, the drug penalties imposed on Asians or Hispanics, just African Americans. Holder's boss, aka the occupier, recently told the New Yorker that he supported a reform of marijuana laws partly because many African Americans have been jailed for violating those laws. Uh, We're not happy with them because people go into jail. Now, During the interview, Holder also threatened to sue states if his deputies see a racial purpose behind voter identification laws that have already been approved by the Supreme Court. Holder also hinted that a wave of new lawsuits could be coming amid the growing diversity caused by immigration. He said, quote, We have demographic changes in this nation, the likes of which we have never seen before. That could be a very divisive thing, do you think? On the other hand, if we do accept the new nation that we are about to become, that could be a very positive force. Holder's office is not publicly pushed back against the president's decision to reduce enforcement of immigration law, meaning he's all for it. The looser enforcement has boosted Obama's support among Latinos, but has also increased job competition for young African Americans. Only about half of young black men who have not completed high school have full-time jobs. Now, throughout the entire Miller Center interview, Holder described his legal decisions as based on his political vision. So again, he's admitting publicly he's not interested in doing the job he was appointed to. He's trying to promote social justice. He's admitting that there is no room for law enforcement by the Attorney General of the United States. We must be political in a position that's supposed to be non-political. 
This is right up there with being the head of the CIA and being the head of the FBI. This is right up there with being the head of the IRS. You are supposed to be politically neutral at least during office hours. But he admitted it several times. I see color. Therefore, justice cannot be blind. Not during a holder heading up of the Justice Department. Not during an Obama administration. If you want to address the issues of disproportionate punishment, that's fine. But you cannot honestly say that there is something wrong with having X number of black men in prison if this number of black men in prison are guilty of the crimes in which they've been committed. You've been convicted of this crime, you're guilty of this crime, then you should expect to pay that price. This is about manipulation of voting blocks. And he said it here. If we can accept the nation that we're about to become, we have demographic changes in this nation, the likes of which we've never seen. Why? Because they're just opening up the borders. They're letting these illegals in and they want to make them legal without having to go through a process, without background checking, without knowing how many of these people are freaking drug cartel members that are just looking to enlarge the territory. When he took the job as the nation's top law enforcement officer back in 2009, Holder said then that he wanted to do consequential things to affect positive change, to raise questions, to correct unfairness, and to make our society more just. He said it then. Was anybody listening? Ultimately, this comes down to the very simple fact that Eric Holder has admitted since day one, I'm Obama's lackey. I'm going to do what the real bosses behind the scenes wants, whether that's Valerie Jarrett, whether it's George Soros, whether it's still some unknown spooky dude calling the shots from behind the curtain. Whoever it is, we're just going to do what they tell us. We're going to attack people like Mike Huckabee. We're going to attack people like Dinesh D'Souza. We're going to attack people that run the Veritas Project. We're going to attack conservatives in New York just for being conservative. We're not going to pay any attention to the fact that Iran can be nuclear in just a matter of weeks. Because it's more important to be socially just. He admitted 
quote, I understood it would run counter to some of the ideological norms that we have. Ideological norms? There's nothing ideological about expecting the Attorney General to make every effort to enforce the laws of this nation equally, fairly, across the board to all. You break the law, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, red, yellow, brown, or pink with purple polka dots. With the one big giant green horn on your head. It doesn't matter. What matters is if you're breaking a law. If you break this law, then you broke the law. You'll face the consequences. We'll do what we can to enforce these laws. To make you, the lawbreaker, face those consequences. That's the job. That's not ideological. That's that's the definition of the office you hold. But people bought into this. People still think there are people that think Eric Holder is a good attorney general. Most of them happen to be members of the new Black Panther Party who were going to go to jail. Would have been in jail, should be in jail for voter intimidation. The Bush administration moves out, Obama administration comes in, Eric Holder says, eh. The only crimes we're interested in pursuing is obvious cases of white violence on black victims. That is it. We do not want to look at anything else. We'll go after Zimmerman because, well, (laughs) all we had was a last name at first, and we thought with a name like Zimmerman had to be a white guy. Found out that, you know, he's got Hispanic uh, background. Let's call him white Hispanic and go after him like he's still a white guy anyway. Because it's too late to turn back now. That's, That's the Eric Holder Justice Department. More appropriately appropriately referred to as the Eric Holder Injustice Department. Now, some goals could not be accomplished during the first term, he said. You can't come in on day one and do the kinds of things we're doing at year five. You have to build support for the kinds of things that we need to do. The needed support includes empirical studies. For example, Holder's push to federalize school discipline policies at the Justice Department is based on several studies that report African American students are being unfairly disciplined. No real specifics on how they're being unfairly disciplined. Again, they're usually just concerned about the numbers. There's a disproportionate number of African-American students being disciplined 
with the idea that there might actually be a disproportionate number of African-American students that are being disruptive or causing problems or committing criminal activity on school property, that it's not really a factor for these people. If there is a legitimate case where there is a additional harshness where there is racism that's actually in play, then yeah, it needs to be weeded out, it needs to be dealt with, but you certainly don't need a nationalization of anything in our education system. Nothing. Need to back on up. 10, 15 years from now, people will look back and say, more often than not, we got it right. That's what Holder said as he was ending this particular interview. And I don't know how much of this he believes and how much of it he just had to go out and say. Because Holder to me has seemed like from the very beginning just another front guy. I'm the face for the criminal cabal. In June, a poll by NBC and the Wall Street Journal reported that only 52% of whites and 38% of blacks have a favorable opinion of race relations in the country. Now that's a sharp drop from the beginning of Obama's first term when 79% of whites and 63% of blacks had a favorable view of American race relations. I don't think that should be very surprising considering that it's pretty obvious that race relations were in a much better place before Obama took over. Obama, through his individual policies and through his injustice department, have gone a long way. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Towards creating a much bigger racial divide. But again, like we've said, that has a lot to do with how they're capable of winning. They're only capable of winning by keeping us divided. They're only capable of winning by having us so upset that somebody's different than we are that they have to push that issue. 
They have to try and get us upset. They have to try and keep us fighting with each other so that we can't fight them. Alright, going to take one last break, and then when we come back from that break, we are going to talk about the ever-so-vile Chuck Schumer. Yeah, Chucky's done it again. We'll be right back, and we'll have that discussion. Stay with me.
tap into the truth. Check us out at tapintothetruth.com for our latest blog posts and for links to all of our past broadcasts. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and to follow us on Twitter. That's Tap Into The Truth. Yes, that's right, Tap Into The Truth. Thanks for staying with us. We are back. And we're going to go ahead and work on wrapping up uh, this broadcast with the main topic of the day. For those of you who did not hear it, Democratic Senator from New York, Mr. Chuck Schumer, was giving a speech to the far-left Center for American Progress. He gave this speech Thursday, and in this speech, Senator Schumer said that Barack Obama should bypass Congress and use the IRS to curtail Tea Party activity. He was quoted as saying, It is clear that we will not pass anything legislatively as long as the House of Representatives is in Republican control. But there are many things that can be done administratively by the IRS and other government agencies. We must redouble those efforts immediately. As soon as Schumer said that, he was greeted with a warm round of applause. He went on to say that one of the great advantages the Tea Party has is this huge roles in our campaign finance laws created by the ill-advised decision, Citizens United versus Federal Election Commission. Schumer added, obviously the Tea Party elites gained extraordinarily influence by being able to funnel millions of dollars into campaigns with ads that distort the truth and attack government. First of all, I'd like to know who a Tea Party elite is. And Chucky, most Americans realize government really isn't the answer to any question. Unless the question is, how do you more effectively waste taxpayer dollars? Oh, give it to government. He also went on to mention people like Rush Limbaugh, although technically he said the Rush Limbaugh's of the world, so I guess that was a general reference to any radio talk show host or podcaster, I suppose, would also fall in the category, that dares to be independent, libertarian, or conservative, because there is a tremendous amount of liberal elitism whenever Chucky talks, but certainly during this speech. He wasn't done, though, because Schumer also expressed concern that Tea Party candidates might run in Republican primaries and falsely claim those primaries are rigged to favor those candidates. Those primaries are rigged, he claimed, because they make up of primary votes and voters in gerrymandering that favors Republicans. 
Now, here's a question I'd like someone to answer. Aren't the Republican primaries supposed to favor Republicans? Just like the Democrat primaries are supposed to favor Democrats? The whole idea of the primary race is to determine who the best candidate to run in the general election for your party is. Isn't it? It's a statement that doesn't make sense. And it's a case of mincing words to the point that he's hoping to confuse you and make you think that he's actually saying all elections are rigged to favor Republicans. Although technically he can go back and deny that he ever said that because he didn't. He said Republican primaries. Those primaries are rigged because of the makeup of primary voters and gerrymandering that favors Republicans. It's a primary race! How asinine is that statement? But Chucky is always considered to be one of the smartest people in the room. At least by Chuck. He also continued on with, quote, Our very electoral structure has been rigged to favor Tea Party candidates in Republican primaries. Now he's made this claim suggesting a different type of election process should be put in place. Schumer recommended a system similar to that used in Washington where all voters, members of every party, can vote and the top two vote-getters, regardless of party, then enter a runoff. Schumer also claimed that people are drawn to the moments and people are drawn to the movement because of, yep, you guessed it, racism. Concerned about a country that white Anglo-Saxon men are not exclusively running anymore. The Tea Party rank and file no, it's a different America. It looks different. It prays different. It works different. This is unsettling and angering to some. Chuck, exactly how is it that it works different? Because as far as I can tell, it doesn't really seem to be working very much at all. And yes, change is hard for some. Change is very hard. But Tea Party rank and file are people that generally just want our government to start acting like the Constitution matters again and start acting like individual liberties are still a driving force in this country. We know the government is not the solution. In fact, in many cases, the government is the problem. Paraphrasing Ronald Reagan there, but um, you know the point is very accurate. 
But for a big government guy like Chucky Schumer, government is always the answer. And if it's not the answer, then more government is the answer. But the accusation that all Tea Partiers are racist? He still wasn't done. He also told the group that the small government mantra is the core weakness of the Tea Party and one we can exploit to turn American politics around to the benefit of our nation. Uh, which, in his way of thinking, means himself and the Democratic Party. Now, according to the Free Beacon, uh, the Tea Party's approval rating is at 30%. According to a Gallup poll, it's at 30%. And according to a Gallup poll, it's even lower than President Obama's. But, nevertheless, it seems the left is rather fearful. Certainly at least fearful enough of the movement to actually suggest using the force of the agencies like the IRS to stop it. It wasn't a really a scandal when you found out that the IRS was targeting Tea Party groups because, well, that's what they want. Both Democrats and establishment Republicans want the Tea Parties limited. But guess what? Schumer still isn't done. Schumer comments appear to be proof of a growing fascism on the left. Appears to be proof? It's absolutely flat, open-faced fascism. As at least a certain group of liberals seek to silence any dissenting point of view. Uh, Governor Cuomo, uh, Mayor de Blasio, uh, Chuck right here. Of course, you know, it was just last Friday that Governor Cuomo, another Democrat from New York, said that conservatives who oppose abortion or believe in the Second Amendment, that they're extremists who have no place in New York State. Bill de Blasio, as we already mentioned, the newly elected mayor of New York, agreed. After Democrats were shellacked in the 2010 midterms, the Center for American Progress said that Obama should use all of his authority as president to bypass Congress and unilaterally enact his progressive agenda. Recently, Chuck Schumer has made other comments. Things along the lines of, hey, let's fly the rainbow gay flag at the Olympics instead of ours. He made the statement that the Tea Party plotted Harry Reid's government shutdown for a year and a half. 
he spearheaded the effort to have veterans pensions cut with the statement that they're going to have to sacrifice they're going to have to do their part You have many people coming straight out saying that Obama now is actually trying to imprison his political enemies. Project Veritas. Domestic D'Souza. Eric Holder going after every political enemy that exists. Anybody that might cause a problem in the next election. Anyone who might stand up and say something in the event that, oh, I don't know, there's some type of issue. No matter how you personally feel about... Tea Party activist. No matter how you personally perceive the politics that are in play, our country was based on the concepts of individual liberty, freedoms of speech and religion, freedom for you to pursue your happiness. Not a guarantee of it. No guaranteed endings. But free choice. Free will to make your best decisions. To go about doing the things that you needed to do. Free from government oppression. The Constitution was designed to keep any one individual from garnering too much power. It was designed in an attempt to keep the sovereign power in the hands of the people. It doesn't matter if you like the Tea Party people or not. You should be just as concerned when you hear anyone who's been elected to office even insinuate that it's okay for the IRS to target anyone. The IRS is supposed to have the role of making sure that taxes are being collected properly. Not to be a tool for attacking your political enemies. Those folks that are on the extreme end of the political left right now are openly calling for silencing all voices of dissent. People of good conscience who are standing up for what they believe if you believe in the Constitution and by extension the Bill of Rights 
then the original ten amendments that were original additions to the Constitution right off the bat the Bill of Rights the first, the second, third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, the tenth those amendments they were specifically listed because those were the ones that the framers thought were important enough that they needed to be specifically with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mentioned. There was some debate over whether or not to even do that. The fear was that somebody would try to say, okay, well, these are really the only ones that are important enough to be worried about. They almost didn't happen. There almost wasn't a Bill of Rights specifically listed because they didn't want to specifically list something so that someone could later confuse them. Anybody that wants to step back and say that the Tea Party is just a bunch of racists and must be quieted, you've never attended a Tea Party event. You've never seen a Tea Party event. You may have seen a depiction of one as reported by a biased media. Am I saying there aren't any racists that are attending a Tea Party rally? Uh, no, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that you can't paint the entire group of Americans who are concerned about the lack of respect to the Constitution that all of our elected officials are currently paying as just being racist. I do not like Barack Obama's political agenda. I do not like his political policies. I think they're destructive and I think they're bad for America as a whole. I equally feel the same way about the potential of Hillary Clinton being a candidate and at some point being president and that doesn't have anything to do with her being a woman it has to do with the fact that they have embraced a far left radical agenda they see problems with America that don't exist 
because they want to exaggerate the problems that we do have. Has racism been an issue in the past in this country? Yes, without a doubt. But it was improving. It was better before the Obama presidency than it was after. So how are these policies helpful? Has he helped the economy? No. Oh, it was a big mess. That was Bush's fault. Blah, blah, blah. Yakety smackety. How long till you actually have to take responsibility for the fact that your policies not only have not helped, but have made it worse, have slowed things down? There's supposed to be rumors of a recovery. But where did this recovery go? Who does it serve? Who is helped? Who's having the recovery? Do you want to talk about now that the left is going to take up the issue of income inequality? Could that be part of the reason why cameras weren't allowed at Michelle Obama's birthday bash? Might seem just a tad hypocritical to have all the photos of all the fabulous things going on at this extravagant party while you're trying to convince people that we're really concerned about the fact that you, the average American citizen, are barely getting by while we're sipping champagne and having big-name entertainers stop by and blah, 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 whatever. You can get angry all you want at the tea party. You can buy in to the stories and the narrative that the left wants to paint everyone that disagrees with them with. But I have to tell you something, folks. Just because you support the Second Amendment, that doesn't make you a tea party person. Just because you have a religious objection to abortion. That doesn't make you a, a right-wing Christian nut job. If you've ever seen a late-term abortion and you're still okay with that, then there's something wrong with you. Of course, a lot of these things are great because they're just theory. Most people don't bother to take the time to find out. They don't look into it. They don't see for themselves the atrocity that is the murder of over a million people every year before they have a chance to draw their first breath. Abortion on demand is not an issue of a woman's choice. The woman has a choice to take other precautions to prevent pregnancy if she doesn't want to be pregnant. Of course, there are situations. Rape, incest, health of the mother. A lot of people see those exceptions and it muddies the water a bit doesn't allow it to be quite as black and white and anybody that still sees black and white in that situation isn't taking the time to look at the people and you really have to see the people behind these before you can really make any honest determinations about what is or isn't right but 
you still can make a determination about what is or isn't right for a government to pay for, to force taxpayers that might have a conscientious objection to pay for it. They want to talk about Obamacare, about being settled law. But Chucky was still in this speech talking about a U.S. Supreme Court decision that he didn't like, that a lot of folks on the left didn't like. They think the Supreme Court got it wrong there, so it's okay to still challenge that, but you're not supposed to challenge anything on their side. If you have a problem with the Tea Party, I recommend you get to know some folks from the Tea Party. Yeah, you're probably going to find one or two racists, and if that's what you're looking for, you won't have trouble. But in truth, you can find just as many racists in any other group that you want to look at. Any other group. The real question is whether or not you accept the premise that our federal government is out of control. It needs to be reeled back. Is spending too much? Well, that's a pretty simple one. If they're spending more than they're taking in, then yes, spending is too much. Common sense tells you budget cuts must be made. They're never going to balance a budget unless they're forced to. That's a Tea Party idea. A balanced budget amendment. It's never going to get passed through the legislature, so that's where this wonderful idea that's really picked up speed since Mark Levin's book, The Liberty Amendments, has been out, and people have gotten their hands on it, and they've gotten a better understanding of Article 5 of the Constitution, which gives the states the power to have a convention and completely bypass what has been the standard way to add amendments to the Constitution putting it through Congress, and then the states ratify. But it doesn't have to go through Congress. The Tea Party wants less spending by the government. The Tea Party wants term limits put in place in Congress. The Tea Party wants a return to states' rights being looked upon equally by the federal government the way it was meant to be. What most people don't even know anymore, don't realize, maybe never knew, is that the House of Representatives was meant to be the voice of the people at the federal government. The Senate was meant to be the voice of the states. That's why the state legislatures were supposed to select your senators. It wasn't supposed to be an issue of popular vote. Anybody who wants to set back Chucky e. Schumer and say that Obama should take it upon himself and bypass Congress, that's somebody who's still pushing that leftist agenda. 
And that's somebody who also possibly thinks that someday he'll have a chance to sit in that office. So yeah, Barack, go ahead and grab all that extra constitutional authority that you can so that when it's my turn to sit in that chair, I can do that too. Same thing for the Republicans that aren't stepping up and trying to stop a lot of this. Now, you've got a few. There's been a lawsuit filed in regards to the recess appointments while the Senate wasn't actually in recess. Why that even has to go to court, I don't know. That should be pretty simple to look at. Congress? Uh, Senate? Uh, did you gavel in? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The session this day? Yes. All right, that's it. No appointment. The recess appointment's supposed to be done in times of dire need to fill a position while the Senate is not in session. I can see where something like that might be necessary in the event that it was actually something that was needed. But even then... If the Senate's not actually in recess, well, then it should go through the normal standard, right? I have never heard so much open vitriol by elected officials in such high-ranking positions directed specifically at conservative-minded people as I have in the last few weeks. And you know what? The left will always show you who they're afraid of. The left will always demonstrate who they fear most by going on the attack. That's who they want to destroy. And right now, their sights are set once again on the Tea Party. And they want to try and convince you the American people, that it's okay for Obama not to go through Congress. They want to convince you, the American people, that it's okay to use the NSA to spy on you. That's why they sent John Boehner, of all people, onto Leno. They want to convince you, the American people, that it's okay to let the IRS go after people that might be a political enemy. I don't know if Dinesh D'Souza is actually guilty of what he's being accused of. But if he's not, 
then they also want you, the American people, to believe it's okay now for an imperial president to start jailing his political opponents as if this was China or North Korea or Russia. If you are an honest-to-goodness, freedom-loving, individual liberty-desiring American, whether you're liberal-minded, conservative-minded, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Constitutionalist, Communist, whatever you may be, if you still embrace the freedom and the individual liberty that this Constitution is supposed to help preserve by limiting this government, you should be concerned that suddenly now this government wants to pretend like it's okay to do these things, to change the law to make it okay to target anyone. Chuck Schumer said some vile things. And he made some just flat out misstatements. Things that are not true. I mean, maybe he doesn't know. I keep trying to give people the benefit of the doubt, but, you know, Chuck's been at it long enough. I have a hard time believing he doesn't. I think Chuck is just, just a bad man. He's all about party. Not about public service. Not about protecting Americans. Protecting the party. Protecting his potential re-election. All about pushing forward the ideology. There is more racism in the Obama White House directed outward towards non-blacks than there is in the entirety of the Tea Party movement. And most people still don't even get the fact that there is not a single Tea Party. But you know what? Small groups of citizens from all across the country of all kinds of color and ethnic background and religious background and even political ideologies can come together and say our government's out of control and become active in a way that they had never been active before and they decide that this is reminiscent of the original Tea Party where we said that we had had enough of King George you want to just sit back and say that's because of racism then you just leave your blinders on you keep drinking the Kool-Aid you keep pretending like you're better than everyone else and these people are too stupid too ignorant to know what they're doing so we're just going to ignore them we're going to keep acting like the media is telling us the truth about everything and we're going to take Obama's word for it when he tells you that well, the reason why my poll numbers are going down is because there's just an awful lot of people out there that don't like the fact 
that there's a black man in the White House. It has nothing to do with the fact that the economy has been in the tank and continues to get worse. It has nothing to do with the fact that I've allowed the IRS to become a attack dog for political enemies. It has nothing to do with the fact that I let the NSA spy on all Americans. It has nothing to do with the fact that people died in Benghazi that could have been saved or protected. It has nothing to do with the fact that I wanted to get into the Syrian civil war and still through back channels are involved in the Syrian war. It's nothing to do with the fact that we only attacked Libya because we wanted to have an inroad to get into Syria. No, it has nothing to do with any of those things. It's just because of race. It's all Bush's fault and I'm just a racist. Fine. Well, if that's what you want to think, then I can't help you. But here's the thing that you need to remember, no matter what else. Don't take my word for it, but definitely don't just take their word for it. Take a little time to your own research. Use your brain. And remember, if you really want to get to the truth of things, if you really want to get to it, you're going to have to put in a little bit of effort if you're going to tap into the truth. That's it for tonight, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a great evening, and we will be back. Quick reminder, we will have Michael Conley, the current executive director of the United States Justice Foundation, on Tap Into the Truth Sunday at the Blog Talk Version. Check us out then, and I'm out. See you next week. Say all I need to say with the time.
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.